grace and peace to you and welcome in the name of the Lord. You are welcome here if you are with us every week or if today is your first time joining us. You are welcome no matter who you love, what you look like, or where you live. No matter who you are or where you are on life's journey, you are welcome here at the United Congregational Church of Little Compton. We're so glad that you're here. Let us worship God. Today we light the third Advent candle, the candle of joy. It is pink to fill us with rosy excitement for the coming of Jesus, who is about to enter our lives and our world. This candle, like the first bright colors of dawn, announces the light that is coming. Like the angels announce the good tidings of great joy, this candle shines with joy in anticipation of Christ's coming. So today, on this third Sunday of Advent, we light the candle of joy, and we let the rejoicing rise up in our hearts as we revel in the coming of our God. Let us pray. Joy of every longing heart, you draw the sound of singing, even from fearful lips and suffering souls. You find our empty places and our lonely spaces, and fill them with laughter and song. By the light of this candle, show us the joy that Mary knew, the glory of your mercy, the promise of newborn life, and a heart overflowing with a song of love. In the name of the one for whom we wait, we pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen.
Isaiah 35, verses 1 through 10. The wilderness and the dry land shall be glad. The desert shall rejoice and blossom like the crocus. It shall blossom abundantly and rejoice with joy and singing. The glory of Lebanon shall be given to it, the majesty of Carmel and Sharon. They shall see the glory of the Lord, the majesty of our God. Strengthen the weak hands and make firm the feeble knees. Say to those who are of a fearful heart, Be strong, do not fear. Here is your God. He will come with vengeance, with terrible recompense. He shall come and save you. Then the eyes of the blind shall be opened and the ears of the deaf unstopped. Then the lame shall leap like a deer and the tongue of the speechless sing for joy. For waters shall break forth in the wilderness and streams in the desert. The burning sand shall become a pool and the thirsty ground springs of water. The haunt of jackals shall become a swamp. The grass shall become reeds and rushes. A highway shall be there, and it shall be called the holy way. The unclean shall not travel on it, but it shall be God's people. No traveler, not even fools, shall go astray. No lion shall be there, nor shall any ravenous beast come upon it. They shall not be found there, but the redeemed shall walk there. And the ransomed of the Lord shall return and come to Zion with singing. Everlasting joy shall be upon their heads. They shall obtain joy and gladness and sorrow and sighing shall flee away. verses 46 to 55. And Mary sang, My soul magnifies the Lord, and my spirit rejoices in God my Savior. 
for he has looked with favor on the lowliness of his servant. Surely from now on all generations will call me blessed, for the Mighty One has done great things for me, and holy is his name. His mercy is for those who fear him from generation to generation. He has shown strength with his arm. He has scattered the proud in the thoughts of their hearts. He has brought down the powerful from their thrones and lifted up the lowly. He has filled the hungry with good things and sent the rich away empty. He has helped his servant Israel in remembrance of his mercy. According to the promise he made to our ancestors, to Abraham and to his descendants forever. Here ends the reading. During Advent, our scriptures challenge us, call us to examine our lives, to quiet the noise of our world, and listen to the promptings of the Holy Spirit. In the call to turn our lives around, to turn the world around, Advent can be unnerving. During Advent, we hear about the coming of our God, not sweetly and comfortably, but often unannounced, unexpected, and even violently. Advent reminds us that our God is coming to change the world in ways that may not always be the most comfortable or easy. But on the third Sunday in Advent, we stop and we remember that Advent is also about joy. Joy that runs deeper than anything that is wrong with the world. Joy that rises up in song because God is not easy or comfortable or comprehensible, but God is good. And God comes to work goodness within each one of us and our world. The joy of Advent begins deep in our bones as we sense God drawing near, coming into our world not merely to disrupt it, but to recreate it with love divine. The best metaphor for Advent that I've heard is also the most obvious one, the pregnant mother. The first two Sundays of Advent warn of the coming pain of birth, the disruption to life, that nothing will ever be the same that there will be long, hard labor ahead, that it may be dangerous. But on the third Sunday of Advent, we stop and anticipate the joy of the birth, the miracle of it. And like Mary, great with child, we see that we are blessed. We see the possibilities and the hope for a better world. The joy of Mary cannot be contained. It rises up into a song the famous Magnificat. And what we see throughout scripture is that singing is the natural expression of joy, especially the joy we know when we experience God's presence. When God draws near everyone and everything break into song, creation itself begins to sing, Isaiah tells us the wilderness and the dry land will be glad, the desert will rejoice and blossom like the crocus. It shall blossom abundantly. It will rejoice with joy and singing. The desert itself will suddenly bloom into flowers and there where it is hard for things to grow, where it is dry, the flowers will raise their heads and sing a song of joy. And this song of joy and hope swells and grows until everyone and everything in the whole cosmos joins in. 
taking part in the new creation that God is working in us. A colleague of mine writes that the sign and proof of God's mercy in healing all creation is an outpouring of music. At the heart of the new creation is the song. Everything is a flush with hope, pink and rosy and bright, and we are meant to feel the mounting excitement of something new just around the corner, something promised, something coming, something good. And for us who call ourselves Christian, that something good is God with us, Jesus born of Mary. God is coming to live among us, to transform our hearts and our world. And in God's presence, we cannot keep from singing. Notice that in our second reading, before Jesus is even born, his very presence in Mary's womb causes Mary's cousin Elizabeth to shout out in joy, saying to Mary, blessed are you among women and blessed is the fruit of your womb. In response, Mary lifts up her voice and sings, My soul magnifies the Lord, and my spirit rejoices in God my Savior. And that is just the beginning. Fast forward to Jesus' birth, and you cannot contain the singing. The shepherds sing for joy at what they have heard. The angels sing for joy at what they have seen. And as my colleague puts it, in the presence of of the Holy One. Everyone sings. Everything makes music. And we do too. Singing is the way we feel a promised world that we can only imagine. It's our way of knowing the truth that otherwise we only weakly grasp. When we sing, we experience the whole healed life we were meant for. When we sing, We are at least for the length of a song exactly who we were created to be. Our song is the sign and proof of God's delight in us, God's recreative power at work among us, God's inexpressible nearness to us. And this song breaks out even where it should not, especially where it should not, where it seems most unlikely, like a flower blooming in a desert like water bubbling up in dry land, like new life breaking forth amidst the dung and stink of a manger. And when the song breaks forth, it doesn't matter how ugly your surroundings, how broken your life, how parched your spirit. The song will catch your breath and you will find yourself carried along with the melody of hope, the song of God's love coming into the world. My friends, there is so much that I have missed these past nine months while we have not been able to gather in person in our church building. One of those things is singing with all of you, especially during Advent. I love Advent hymns. I love Christmas carols. This year, I started playing Christmas carols the moment it was socially acceptable. But there is nothing like singing together with the whole congregation, hearing the chorus of joy and hope rise up from somewhere deeper than I can describe. It is no wonder that so many of the descriptions of heaven are of singing. 
gathered with all the saints and souls around the throne of God, with angels all around, lifting their voices in praise and creation itself breaking into song. One of the cruelties of this pandemic is that singing is a particular dangerous activity to do together. In this Advent season of yearning and waiting, I am particularly longing for the time when we will be able to gather again and together lift up our voices in song. But in the meantime, I want to invite you to close your eyes and imagine our sanctuary filled to the brim with beloved friends and family, neighbors, both those who are with us and those who have gone on to sing with God. Imagine all of us gathered. The organ starts a familiar tune, a carol. And imagine that you are surrounded by the whole church of heaven and earth and lift your voice and sing like Mary like the angels, like all of creation. Because, my friends, our God is coming. The joy of every longing heart. How can we keep from singing? Amen. Let us pray. You are always coming to us, O God, ready to burst forth like the dawn and make all things new. We thank you for the joy that you give us and the new beginning you offer us again and again. Help us turn toward your light. God, you are the healing we long for, and we ask that you bring your healing presence to all who suffer, in mind, body, or spirit, and all who care for them. Especially this day, God, we pray for Thomas, Carol, Karen, Todd, Chuck, Kate, Missy, Connie, Linda, Judy, Lori, Chris, Alex, Miles, Maggie, Gregory, Sarah, Karen, and Sally. God, you are our comfort and our peace. Draw near today to all who are grieving. Even in their sorrow, may they know your deep peace. In particular, hold in your tender care 
the friends and family of Norm Lofsky, who passed away on December 4th. Gracious God, we pray for all who are in crisis, especially this day for the frontline workers facing another surge in coronavirus patients. We pray for all who are struggling with mental illness, who are beset by fear, disaster, or tragedy. Bring peace to our nation and all the world. Peace to our neighbors, black, brown, and white. Peace to all people in all places. God, lead us from fear to faith, from death to life, from falsehood to truth. Lead us from despair to hope, from division to unity. Let peace fill our hearts, our world, and all of your creation. We pray in the name and presence of Jesus. Amen. Thank you for listening. If you'd like to learn more about our church, we invite you to connect with us on our website, www.ucclittlecompton.org. If you'd like to support our ministries, you can find a link to our online donation page in the show notes for this episode. We also invite you to share this podcast and leave us a rating or a review to help others find us. Our piano music is performed by Michael Bauman, and the horn and string music is performed by the Thomas family. In our church, it is our tradition to end every service with this simple blessing. God be with you till we meet again. By God's counsel's guide, uphold you. With his sheep securely fold you. God be with you till we meet again. Go in peace. Thank you.